Fantasy Fam. Sven coming at you from the Lone Star State, accompanied by my cousin, Kyle. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm, we're one day closer to the fantasy season, or the NFL season, sorry. Ooh. Um, well, they, coinc- they coincide. That's true. And then this, what is it, tomorrow? No, Thursday. Thursday Fantasy. is the uh, Hall of Fame Hall game. of Fame game. Two days. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. much closer? It'll be the first. It'll be the uh, last weekend. Was the uh, was the last weekend until like February, whatever, um, where there's no football game. That college, just, college or professional. That sounds awesome, right? Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, brother is not with us, but as we all know, you know, life gets in the way. So here we are, still giving you some good content because that's what we do. Uh, You can find us on most platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and some very exciting news. We are now officially on iHeartRadio. Whoop, whoop. So that's really exciting. Uh, They are, I believe, the number one in podcasts right now. Um, The number one in our hearts. I don't don't know who, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I don't know who who rates that stuff, but we are on iHeartRadio. That link will be on our website, hopefully within the next day. So... If you choose iHeart as your platform, subscribe. Uh, We just want to give a shout out and congratulations to our giveaway winner, a Mark Ingram signed jersey to our boy and avid fantasy fam member uh, and follower. Um, Appreciate you, my man. At Jonathan Tidwell, JT. Congrats, my man. That jersey will be sent out to you hopefully soon. Right, Keele? Send that to him. Uh, yeah, it'll be sent out either Thursday or Friday. You should receive it at some point next week. So awesome. congratulations. Our our once gift is now your gift. Right? And I think yeah. that's his second it's jersey awesome. he won this year too. So Good for him. It's an awesome year for you, my man. Hopefully have like a man cave. You can put them on the wall somewhere. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I was I was talked out of that. So um, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed. One day. One day you'll get there. <sighs> one day. It's okay. Anyway. <laughs> so we will have more giveaways uh, later on in the future. So definitely stay tuned. And obviously we'll make announcements whenever that does happen. This episode, we'll talk about some news and then we'll dive into our segment today, the Sunday dinner segment. And we'll describe a little bit in detail after the news of what that segment will entail. So let's jump right in. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volume. Announcement. I've got news for you. Damian Harris. What do you think about Damian Harris? So apparently he's getting the opportunities right now because Sony PlayStation is being limited. They're saying he's still in bubble wrap, which makes me kind of think of Little Giants. Is he running all over the field? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta protect him. He might be fragile. Who knows? The pads you gave me, my mom said, weren't enough. (laughs) What a classic movie. That's the two episodes in a row now we've uh, mentioned a a Little Giants reference. Let's go for three next time because I have some great ones coming up. That's amazing. Um, Yeah, Sony Michelle, what we saw last year in that latter half half of the year from the New England Patriots was that they wanted to use Sony Michelle. They wanted to utilize his talents. They wanted to give him especially opportunities in the red zone. So I don't look too much into this and say, wow, they're kind of giving the opportunities to Damien Harris. He's going to run away with it. I do like Damien Harris as a complimentary back. I do like him as a safety net. And I do think he can have a role in the offense. That being said, though, I do think this is Sony Michelle's running, oppor- you know, uh, running back opportunity to lose for the Patriots. I do like him. I don't love him. Um, I think any Patriots running back has great value because they could turn into Garrett Blount scoring, you know, eighteen touchdowns. But I think they can also turn into oh god, what's his name from a few years ago? Oh my god, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Exactly. Oh my god, what's his name? You can't remember. Um, the, so... uh, the, the, uh, the Bill, the Saint, uh, whatever. We'll come back to it. Um, he scored three touchdowns in the first game of the season, and then you oh, never. Mike Gillisley. Mike Gillisley, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it could, it could be one of those two. You could have Blount scoring that many touchdowns, or you could have Gillisley who is irrelevant after a certain point. So and you never how, know with the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots could – I just – I don't know what they're going to do at, at any point. So Rex Burkhead could have a role in that offense come week five. Oh, don't say that. And I do I do like Sonny Michelle. I don't love the early fourth-round price, price tag, but um, I think if he is the starting running back for the you know foreseeable future, then he does have a, you know, a pretty nice fantasy outlook. And, and Damian Harris is going around the ninth round, which – Yeah. 
that's still does, does that seem a little high maybe or um i wouldn't say it's too high because by the time you get to the ninth round you're looking first of all oh i am at least i'm looking for that you know tight end if i didn't draft him i'm looking for my quarterback if i didn't draft them um and at that point i probably would have loaded up on four running backs four wide receivers give or take hopefully so, yeah yeah that's my goal that's the dream so that'd be running back five i don't I don't hate it. I would take him there. He's going around yeah. the likes of Jalen Samuels. Um, got to Foreman. Deontay Foreman, I don't – Yeah, but certain players here, I would definitely I would definitely take over him. Um, I do like Damien Harris, but I'm going to take Deontay Foreman over him. Um, I'm going to take the likes of somebody like Kiki Kuche uh, over him. Um, I mean, Jarek McKinnon's even going around then too. And Jarek McKinnon, I think, has the – I think Jarek McKinnon has a role in that offense. He's going to come off the uh, PUP. And I think he has actually a pretty nice role in that offense while Damien Harris, I'm not really We, we don't know exactly. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know. But a lot of people forget about him with Alabama, you know, because he played with Josh Jacobs, yeah. who got all the love. Yeah, Josh Jacobs got all the love fantasy. But, I mean, got all the love NFL draft-wise, fantasy-wise. Damien Harris was very good. Damien like, Harris was a good running back at Alabama. Uh, so I, I, don't see, I think they look so much at their NFL future and their pros, as a prospect that they love Josh Jacobs. And Damian Harris kind of got kicked to the curb. But any running back on the Patriots is either boom or bust. So True. Take it for what it is. A.J. Green. This guy just cannot catch a break. I just I, I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> it is not. Don't hug his foot. Oh, my God. The guy is so fragile. So had the surgery. Apparently, when they – we're doing the surgery. It looks a little bit worse than they thought, which means more time, maybe still six to eight weeks. Probably not. I would not be surprised if he did not play the first half of the season. Well, half's a, half is a bold statement. It is, I mean, but it's AJ Green we're talking about. The guy, when he's I hurt, know. he is hurt. I know. I When I figured into my rankings, figured into my projections and statting out everybody, I had to redo this one, of course. Um, I did have him at 12 games played um, somewhere between 11 and 12 games at this point, I'm probably not going to change that. I'm probably going to keep it 11 or 12 games, 11 or 12 games puts him out uh, like nine weeks, eight weeks. So even if it's 10 weeks, you're looking at maybe 10 games, 11 games he'll play. So I'm not too worried, especially because his draft stock is going to plummet. Um, you're going to see him drafted in like the ninth or 10th, maybe 10th. I mean, if I have a lot of wide receivers, I, well, think about it this way. They take a flyer. Think, think about it this way. There are wide receivers or running backs who get suspended for the first four weeks of the season. And yes, there is a certainty that they will be back week five. And they however, go higher. However, they are still out the first four weeks of the season. And I've seen, you know, we saw Mark Ingram suspended four games go in the, uh, like, fourth round. Julian Edelman, Edelman, too, yeah. Edelman go in the fifth round. We've seen Le'Veon Bell when he was suspended for three games go in the second round. I mean, so... I think if, if people want A.J. Green bad enough and they believe that he will come back from the injury okay, um, then he's going to probably go in that sixth, seventh round. But if not, and there's uncertainty, you could be looking at ninth, tenth round. Suspension is not an injury, though. But I understand. I, I, get, I, get, I totally get I your point, though. But that, that is a right. point. And then we'll, we'll touch up a little bit more on that uh, later on in the episode. Um, Golden Tate. So suspended first four games. He was taking a banned fertility substance. Trying to have children it's, with his wife and it's, it's just crap. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's it, it really is because in the NFL's eyes, apparently they 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 don't care. So he's trying to bring life into this world, and the NFL is saying, you know what? No, you still can't play. Yeah, go ask Robert Mathis how that went. Robert Mathis was one of the most dominating defensive ends. Four games uh, he got right for a te- you know for yeah exactly for eight ten years, and he tried to get him and his wife tried to get pregnant and they were struggling so that he proceeded to take a um, some type of hormone some type of you know performance enhancing drug quote unquote and he was suspended for four games even though he was trying to start a family and it's kind of ridiculous because there are suspensions that are you know overturned because of things like domestic abuse and you know whatever they may be and we're not going to get into that but at the same time it's kind of crap because this person is just trying to start their family. And if that's what Golden Tate was doing, then I, I'm sorry for him that he's going to be suspended for those first four games. The Giants will sorely need him. Oh, definitely with the Sterling Shepard injury. But they're saying it could he could potentially get his four games reduced to three. So we will definitely monitor that. I'm, 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 actually, I'm wishing you all the best, my man. I hope you win your appeal fully to bring it down to zero. But we will see what happens. Yeah, and I am I am wishing and hoping that the Giants figure out who's going to play wide receiver for them this year because at this point, T.J. Jones is the best option. Cody and Latimer. 
Cody, <laughs> the star, <laughs> Cody Latimer, drafted by the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Guy thought was going to be ever. He thought he was going to be the greatest player in the world. Um, was he out of Indiana? I think. Um, I mean, bring in Dez. That's a good. I mean, that's a pretty. Why I mean, not? Dez is still recovering from the Achilles. He probably won't be that ready in time. But it's going to be better than what you got on the roster right now. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, they look. I think they were looking at like Kelvin Benjamin. They were looking at. Oh boy. Oh I mean, it's boy. getting ugly real quick. So. And Alan Hearns went to Miami, so that wasn't an option. So scraping, not great. But anyway, scraping Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard could be ready by the beginning of the season, um, whether it's week one or week two. The thumb is an interesting one because there, there are players who have played, you know, wide receivers who have played without two thumbs, um, two healthy thumbs. I mean, so, you, gotta, you use those yeah, to catch the ball. It's kind know? of important, but I've <laughs> we've seen it. We've seen it done. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's back week one. Uh, staying in the NFC East, Zeke. What's going on with this? What I am a Cowboys fan, and I just don't—I don't even want any part of it. Like it's—it's it's getting to—it's—it's just—it's kind of ridiculous where it's going with Jerry Jones. Oh, you don't need a a, a rushing leader to win. Okay, well you had Emmitt Smith, and you, you won do. three Super Bowls. <laughs> you do now, need him. Now the Cowboys are built to have a good running back. Now, obviously, they had that one season with Darren McFadden. That I'm—I'm I'm not saying Darren McFadden is Zeke. But Jerry, what are you what are you doing? What's what's going on? He's I mean I mean so Zeke is in where's Zeke Cancun? He's in Cabo, I believe. Oh, Cabo, right now. sorry. But he's he in is Cabo. he is training though, and this is exactly what he did two years ago when he got suspended for those first six games. So he is training. It's not like he's on vacay. Right. So he's he is in Cabo and they Cowboys this morning signed Alfred Morris um, as a uh, as a backup slash exit plan. Whatever. Um, in the event that Zeke isn't ready, doesn't come back. I mean, right now Zeke's uh, stock has not changed. He is still being drafted as like third. Number on two. average, is the third. Yeah. Third player off the board, especially because of his reception total. And that's what I was going to get into is that, you know, Jerry Jones talks about how the fact that, you know, the running back, you know, we can fill anybody in there. And not really, because you've built a great offensive line or a pretty damn good offensive line. You've incorporated Zeke into the passing game now where he's catching 70-plus passes in a season. Not anybody's going to come in and take that role over. I'm sorry. And Zeke is a good uh, – he's a great running back. He's a three. He is one he of is, very He few. is a bell cow. There are like exactly. six bell cows. There are like six bell cows in the NFL. If that. Yeah, I mean, and, I could name Saquon, Christian uh, – yeah, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke. I, Kamara's not really a bell cow. He's I guess you fun. could say Mixon is probably the bell cow. Um, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Lavier Gordon. Bell. I mean, you're looking DJ. at yeah, yeah, DJ. So there, yeah. there's like six to eight, maybe you know, uh, true bell cows, and he is the one of the best of them. So Pollard could step in, but he's he he's more for the passing. He's not going to be a three down back. You can't. Right. He's a he's a smaller dude. He's not. Yeah, he'll get his opportunities if Zeke. I mean, if this is completely if Zeke doesn't even play. <laughs> yeah, and as as someone who drafted Le'Veon Bell in the second round last year, I can tell you that it's no fun in games to draft somebody who's holding out and or. Oh wants to be paid properly it's not a fun time because they will and that will end up biting you in the butt i can promise you that so if you're drafting now i would think about it as that zeke is not going to miss any time they're going to figure this out because he is their franchise i would just be skeptical that if it comes down to you know the take kamara the third week McCaffrey. yeah the third the third week <laughs> of the preseason comes around and he still has no deal this might be heading towards um, melvin gordon territory Le'Veon bell territory i'm staying away if a first round should not be an uncertainty, your first round pick should be a you know a permanent fixture on your roster, and I don't take any any chances. So, but we're very far away from that. So exactly. So we'll see. Now, one more bit of news still in the NFC East: um, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders apparently turning heads in practice. Uh, Are they turning them the opposite way? I don't know. Jordan <laughs> Howard, this this one, if you listen to the show, you know exactly how I feel, and I believe you all know how Kyle feels about him as well. Yep. But Miles Sander, apparently, he's the more interesting one. They're saying he's the shiftiest running backs, which honestly, it's not really that tough because Jordan Howard is not that shifty. <laughs> yes, it's a great comparison. Between <laughs> right? Exactly. So if you're going to choose the lesser of the evils, I guess Miles Sander, probably take a chance on him more so than Jordan Howard I can see him definitely surpassing Jordan Howard in touches by the end of the season how do you I, feel about I mean I've been doing my projections and statting out players and I can tell you that I am fully on the Miles Sanders 
bandwagon, I guess. I don't, I mean, I think he's good. I have him ranked in my top 36, I think. I think I have him at like 35. So I do have him as a running back three, but that's because I do think he takes over as the all around running back. I know they have Corey Clement. Um, I know they have Wendell Smallwood and Jordan Howard and, you know, yada, yada. But I do think he has the opportunity to succeed in that offense. I think that's a good offensive line, a good offense in general. And I do think he's the best of the bunch, or can do the most at least. So I, I have Jordan Howard ranked. I mean, if that's a, I, if that's a qualification, I actually have him ranked on my projections, but that doesn't mean they're very high. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm confused by that because if the Eagles really want to win, why would you go with, with Jordan Howard's stone hands and his inability. Like I can't catch exactly. Inability to do a lot of things that they really want to do with the running, with the running, you know, the running back coming out of the backfield. So I'm a little perplexed, but if they want to use him, I mean, he does have the capabilities to score 10 rushing touchdowns. I'm not going to take that away from him. his first two years in the league. I mean, he was, he was good. Like he couldn't catch. We all knew that, but he was a good running back. I mean, he put yeah. up. Fool me once. A thousand. <laughs> yes. Me once, shame on. Oh my me. god, how I forget how it goes, but I just, <laughs> I just, I'm not drafting him. I don't like Jordan yeah, Howard. No. no, yeah, Jordan Howard shouldn't be drafted. He's going right now, what, in the eighth round? Period. No, I would you go later than that. Totally not. Would you, okay, so would you draft, would you pass on him and then draft like a Damian Harris? Well, he's going, I would probably do that. He's going right now in the early eighth, somewhere around the 805 pick. Um, going around the likes mm. of, well, this will change as well, but Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler. Um, I do like Royce actually this year. Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders is going as the 7-11 at this point. So that's an interesting one because I would probably take every single one of them over him except Kareem Hunt because you know, I'm not taking somebody suspended for six weeks. Right? Six weeks? Uh, six or eight at least. Six but weeks. why would you take them exactly? And who knows what anyway. his role is going to be behind Nick Chubb. Yeah, I like – if I'm – I like – here, draft strategy coming at you hot and heavy. Running backs, if I'm going to take running backs – like my top running backs, I'm not looking to draft a zero RB strategy and take my running backs in the sixth or seventh round. I don't love that. It looks I'd rather gross towards the yeah, end. But it's not even that. Like I love my running back strategy is first four rounds. I want two to three. And then I love huge high upside guys in that like 10th, 11th, 12th round. That's, that's purely what I like. I don't like drafting running backs in like the seventh through 10th rounds because usually they're gross. And I feel like I'm reaching. Depends, on, I guess. Yeah. It depends on who I don't love them. I don't love like middle round, mid round running backs. I like early round running backs and I like late round running backs. Upside and certainty. I like it. That's a little kind of little food for kind of yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's why we're here. We're giving advice. Thank you. Now to give more advice, we'll dive right into our Sunday dinner segment. Now, why do we call it a Sunday dinner segment? Because we are Italian, and that's what we do on Sunday. I mean, we sit around I mean, the table. I, I look like the map of Ireland, but I swear to God, I'm, I'm Italian. Well, you're Italian, Irish. I mean, you do have a little bit of I look, I look very, I look very Irish, but. But that's, hey, that's fine. You know, obviously, if we were another nationality, we would do the same exact thing, but cater it yeah. towards, you know, towards that. But yeah, Sunday I dinner, see. sitting around the table, everybody screaming across the table to say, <laughs> hey, oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, my God, he did that, blah, blah, blah. Eating some meatballs, yeah. pasta, so... Yeah, pass the food, pass the drinks, you know, the usual. This is basically our Q&A, but we are trying to relate it, you know, family. We are yeah. the fam, so why not make it a family segment? So our Sunday dinner segment. I'm going to make him an offer, Captain. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. And now the first question comes in from our... Dear friends overseas, uh, Murph, who do you like with an average draft position of 120 or more? So basically your late round guys. Who do you, who do you like? Who, who's some of your late round flyers? Give me one. Okay, so just, uh, just a point, the thing to point out is that when it comes to, you know, someone ranked at 120 or more, I'm excluding quarterbacks, okay? Because I like all of the quarterbacks that are ranked after 120. Yeah, I'm not even looking at them. <laughs> so I'm completely skirting <laughs> quarterbacks because I can go through like 15 guys I would rather draft at 120 than at 50. Anyway. Exactly. So I could, I'm just going to rattle off some guys that I really, really like um, in these later rounds. Uh, someone to take a flyer on is your wide receiver four, wide receiver five, running back four or five, yada, yada. Exactly. Hopefully these yeah. are not guys that you yeah. are hoping can be your wide receiver two yeah. or three. Then don't don't do that. Yeah, don't, we don't know how you drafted. <laughs> don't 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 draft somebody at yeah. you know at, at as your you know twelfth round pick who's going to be a starter from day one because that's not great. Anyway, 
Um, Anthony Miller going in the late 11th. I do like the Chicago offense. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I said it last year and I'll say it again. I do think Anthony Miller has the chance to emerge as the number one wide receiver on this team. Um, I know Allen Robinson was signed to be that. And I know Allen Robinson had an okay season. Still good. Last year. Yeah, he was yeah, still good last year. He's a good player. Uh, I like Allen Robinson. He has high touch um, potential, but I do like Anthony Miller's skill set more. Um, I think he is worthwhile of that flyer, especially in that Chicago Matt Nagy offense. Yeah. I think they get him more involved too. Yeah. Uh, Tyrell Williams. I don't mm. love Oakland. I don't love yeah, Derek that's Carr. That's an interesting one. But Tyrell Williams right now is going in the middle of the 12th round. He is a blazer. He's not going to put up more than 50 receptions, but he could put up 50 receptions with like 950 yards, um, on, you know, through the air. Um, he's not, you know, I just, I think he's a nice, solid, high up, higher upside wide receiver four, wide receiver five, um, because, you know, there's not a lot of options out in Oakland as well. Antonio can only do so much. And while the presence is reflect, you know, is going to cornerbacks going to be shadowing Antonio more. I do think Tyrell actually has a pretty nice chance and opportunity. So it's another one. Um, you have any ones you want to throw out there? In, uh, Paris Campbell. I've definitely, I've mentioned Paris Campbell. He is going in like the 12th round as of right now, according to the fantasy calculator. I just love, I mean, Andrew Luck. That's another thing, actually, that we should have mentioned before. Uh, no, we'll, t- we'll talk about him in a second. I have him for something else. But anyway. Okay, awesome. All right, but Paris Campbell, talented rookie coming out of Ohio State. I don't like Ohio State, but talent is talent. Now, he do- definitely has a chance of obviously being that wide receiver number three. Uh, you are a personal fan of Devin Funches, which you mentioned a couple episodes ago. But yeah, who's, I, now, who's now hurt apparently. So Oh, let's... Lord. <laughs> anyway, so continue. Paris Campbell definitely will get that opportunity to obviously be the, the, the slot or wide receiver number three. Um, there is obviously Eric Ebron, but I think that this kid's very talented. They're definitely going to try to get him involved where Andrew Luck threw the second most pass attempts last year. So a lot of passing attempts, Paris Campbell. Uh, and then my other guy is uh, Cowboy, Michael Gallup. He is second year Cowboys, uh, Amari Cooper, obviously insert him last season. Michael Gallup still didn't, I feel like he didn't get over that hump. Now I really like him this season. One, uh, he obviously has played a full season with Dak already. Um, Jason Witten is out of retirement. I know that sounds crazy. He is mad old, like 45 or however old he is, but I just think having someone like a like Witten on the field, his presence, kind of going to make the safeties a little bit like, hey, no, he's obviously not going to burn me, but I may need to stay a little bit closer because Witten is going to be that safety blanket for Dak, so that opens, you know, the deep threat for Michael Gallup. So Michael Gallup, I believe, going in the 14th round right now, so he could potentially turn into a wide receiver three, I think. But he is one of mine. And then I think we talked about this one before. Uh, Devin Singletary, it's as of right now, but chances yeah, are yeah, that'll probably yeah. change because he's getting first-team reps. And yeah, goes with the oldest running back core in the league. In NFL history. Uh, yeah, um, LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, I think well, I'm still under the impression in my own mind that LaShawn McCoy is going to get cut. I do love – Singletary's on my list. Um, Devin Singletary right now is going in the late 12th round. Um, if he becomes the de facto running back one for the Buffalo Bills, then I think he's going to jump four rounds, five rounds. I think he could, I could see him going in the seventh round, give or take, um, especially if McCoy is definitely cut. And if all, you know, signs point to Devin Singletary being the number one on the Bills, a run heavy team or mostly a run, run heavy team. Right. We'll, we'll find out so, this season. Yeah. So yeah, I think Devin Singletary is a great pick, especially if you're getting him as your running back four. I mean, he has the capabilities to be the, potential bell cow i don't know could be a running back too come in yeah i don't know if he's i don't know if he's a i don't know if he's gonna have an impact as big now but he definitely is going to be their starting running back for the future so yeah why not start why not start it now exactly um but my biggest ones i'll talk about after 120 is the tight end position this is why if you're not getting kelsey or if you're not getting Ertz, especially kelsey do not draft the tight end in those middle rounds if you don't have to if i mean unless it's yeah, if OJ, if, OJ, if OJ Howard falls to you at in the fifth round or sixth round, yeah, I'm going to take him probably. Or He's, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, yeah, right. Exactly. But this is why I love the tight end position. I don't love it. I'm just joking. But this is why I love the late tight end position, you know, tight end uh, opportunity, is that after the 120 ADP, you're looking at Jimmy Graham in the early 13th, and then Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle, Mark Andrews, all tight ends I have ranked inside my top 15. 
potentially top 12. I don't have to look back at my rankings, but um, all of them I have in my top 15. So why would I spend early capital on a tight end position when I can get one of them in the 13th plus round who is going to have an impact and probably going to start every game for me at tight end? And that's, that's because you value them that way. You know, if I don't value calls. them, but yeah. So if you're looking at, I 80, mean, obviously why, you, yeah. you, you see what I mean though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why the question is, who do you like after 120? wide receivers more plentiful than any, and then running back, but tight ends more than anybody. I love the tight end position after, True. Like, after the, the 10th round, there are some great tight end values. The next question comes from our other buddies, uh, two-on-one fantasy. Uh, out of all the injuries so far, which one concerns you the most and will cause you to drop or fade that player? You know, and then how much do you raise up or you know, value the next guy up? So who's sure. an injury guy for you? you know, and then what's, sure. what's that situation? Um, well, the obvious one I'm not going to talk about is, is Todd Gurley. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest one. He's not injured per se right now. We just don't know. But, but Todd Gurley is the one with injury concerns that are whatever. Well, that's not. And then Daryl Henderson being drafted in the yeah. round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but my biggest one, and I didn't feel this way until I read the reports today, is oh. Andrew Luck. Mm. So Andrew Luck for the past few weeks or more. Since uh, the spring, been, actually. Yes. Yeah, for the last past few months, we'll say now, we've only found out about it within the past few weeks, but it's been circulating apparently for a while now, um, is that Andrew Luck is dealing with a pretty serious calf strain. Um, apparently you need that when you're throwing the ball. I don't know why, but um, he, he's dealing with a pretty serious calf strain and he has barely practiced, if at all, he has barely you know, done anything in practice. Um, and they're saying that he, he was talking to reporters, he basically said that the pain has not subsided as of recently and he will not be practicing or doing anything um, at camp uh, until it does so. So this is bad because I, I, I hope not. Andrew Luck had missed a season, missed the entire 2017 season because of shoulder injury. Granted, shoulders and calves are not the same thing. Exactly. So think, you, don't don't th- you don't throw with your calves. I, I mean, I'm not, I don't you know. You do need your legs, obviously, you know, know, to mm, like get but that. But that being said, this has a lot of effect on everybody else. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Marlon Mag, Naeem Hines, everybody takes an, has, gets impacted Jacoby by this. Jacoby Brissett is not a terrible quarterback. But he is I like Jacoby Brissett. I like Jacoby Brissett. Not Andrew Luck. <laughs> and I think if a team wanted to trade for Brissett and probably you know, potentially start him, I'd have no problem with it. That being said, he is not Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is a perennial star. And the fact that he could, they could be without him for a period of time, if this doesn't get better, is really troublesome to me because I like every piece of that Coles offense. Sit, I mean, except Ebron, but whatever. You got to, you got to sit him, yeah. sit him for the entire preseason. Yeah, he's not going to. He's going to go through the Todd Gurley veteran deal. Whatever he's, he needs to go through to get out there and be my number one quarterback. Yeah, he'll probably play. He'll probably play a few snaps in we in the week three of the preseason, and then that'll be it. That's my guess. But other than that, he might not play at all. I don't know. But this is definitely worrisome to me because I do love Andrew Luck this year and I do love the pieces around him. So one guy we did mention before was A.J. Green. Obviously, that injury plays a pretty big role factor, obviously, on the Bengals. I'm just going to give you some stats here. Now, obviously, Tyler Boyd just signed his extension. Pretty big money. He had a very good season last year, over 1,000 yards. Congrats on that, my man. The thing about Tyler Boyd that I'm, that I'm not liking is that he needs A.J. Green. When you look at his numbers, okay, when A.J. Green was in the, in the games last year, he averaged eight targets per game. He surpassed 100 yards three times, and he had five touchdowns. So that was from week one to week eight, right? After that, no more A.J. Green. He had zero games of 100 yards and only two touchdowns and then seven targets per game. Okay, so went down. His average went down a little bit. Now, that right there alone – kind of shows you that maybe he's not ready to be a legit wide receiver number one obviously this is a new season he's he's growing he's still young but that that concerns me a little bit I don't I don't know about you I mean that the the numbers don't lie like it's right there clearly that he I'm I'm really really hoping that he can step up because the Bengals they need something they okay so who is is, (laughs) say let's 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 you know we obviously see that AJ Green's gonna be out for a period of time and um, Tyler Boyd is the number one. Who is the number two? And that's the thing. We, Who, we have John Ross just got hurt, I think. Is that John Ross? I'm not even – I wasn't even thinking of him. Cody Core, I was thinking of. Maybe like Josh Malone. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't – Guys, really, I don't even know who they are. Yeah, I mean, that's the, 
that's the thing is that I think Tyler Boyd is a good wide receiver. I think that people are a little harsh on him. I do think he is a very talented player. Exactly. Um, he was in college. I liked watching him at Pitt. I thought he was a really good wide receiver at Pitt. But if you're the number one on a team with very little around you, have, around you, like you have to like be a star to make an impact. It's just the truth because you're going to get the, you're going to get your, your regular corner. You're going to get the slot corner. You're going to get the free safety. You're going to get anybody who to cover you because there's no one else to throw to. Exactly. They have no <laughs> tight mean, end. Tyler Eifert's going to get hurt. Yeah. I say just, that, but Joe it's, Mixon, Joe Mixon could have 75 receptions at this point. I, I would not be surprised, but then here you go. You stack the box because yeah. who is Andy Dalton going to throw to? Tyler Boyd is covered by the number one cornerback. Yeah. It's, it's troublesome. And, and, and sure. then, Maybe another landing spot for Dez. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Tyler Boyd can hold his own. I think we saw this now with Juju as well in Pittsburgh. Is that Juju is not could is, Juju succeed? Could Juju succeed without Antonio? And I think oh, that yes. that is just oh a, yes, yes. I think Juju is a star as well. But this will show. This will really kind of show what Tyler Boyd is capable of. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's the that's the intriguing thing that I think is that we'll, we're going to see what he's really made of. I mean, this is it. Hefty extension, bro. You know, step up. Next question is from our giveaway winner, um, Mr. JT Tidwell. He lives in Georgia right now. You know, he's a diehard Packers fan. Um, I believe he's from up, up north, but he is Packers fan, and he's down there, you know, near Matty Ice territory. So he's basically wondering, who's going to have a better year, Aaron Rodgers or Matty Ice? What do, you, what do you think on that? I mean, that's, a very, that's actually a very good question. I, I guess I never noticed it last year because we all were kind of, you know, Rogers, we felt like, well, he didn't have his greatest year. He only put up 25. He was incredible. But his efficiency, he had two interceptions. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I think Matt Ryan only had like seven though. I, I couldn't get over the fact that I had to relook at that six times. Like he had two interceptions. <laughs> I mean, yes, 25 touchdowns is very, very low. We're about 15, 15 touchdowns lower than what Aaron Rodgers is capable of. Or but he still threw for over 4,000 yards, right? Correct. 4,400 4, yards, which yeah. is usual. It's not a usual for him either. Like he's not a 4,400 kind of, he's like a 4,350, 4,275, you know, 40 touchdowns, six interceptions kind of MVP season. But I, I like Rodgers. I think that, like I've said this before, I said this, what, last week or two weeks ago, is that I think that the Packers are one of the best teams in the, in the NFC. I do. I think that they have some weapons now on defense. That offense looks much better in terms of, you know, their continuity together uh, with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and MVS. And I think, I think that another year altogether will work wonders, new coaching staff. That being said, I love Matt Ryan. Yahoo! I do. I had, until hey. I, had to, I had to adjust it a little bit because I, you know, I had, you know, obviously some different factors that came into it, but I have Matt Ryan ranked inside my top five for quarterbacks this year. I think I have Rodgers at six, um, at seven. Yeah, I know you have him at two. It's, I have Matt Ryan at two. It's a little ridiculous if you ask me, but whatever. Um, but yes, I have Matt Ryan ranked in my top five. I think Matt Ryan is going to have another great season. I think he's past that point in his career where every other year is good and every other, every other year is terrible. Um, I think from here on out, especially with Julio and Devonta Freeman and, and a much, much improved offensive line in front of him, I think that you know, Matt Ryan is going to have a top five-year season. Um, while Rodgers definitely can, I'm not de- debating that. I think Rodgers is you know, one of the top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. I just, I love Matt Ryan in that Atlanta offense as well. And I will follow up with this, and I keep saying it, and I really, really hope this doesn't bite me in the coolie. So Matt Ryan, do not disappoint. Um, 13 out of 16 games in a dome. Matt Ryan is lights out when he plays in a dome. So I actually did a little bit of research and I pulled up some stats that he is absolutely insane when he plays on turf. Now, obviously most indoor, I believe our turf, you're not going to get real grass. So it's going to be the grassy turf. He averaged the past six seasons, 3,200 yards on turf. That, that, that's insane. 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now, this is just on turf. Obviously, it could be away. You know, he's in New Orleans. He gets to play on turf there as well. So, when he's at home, he has a almost basically very close to a 70% completion percentage. That's insane. The guy is a machine when he is in a dome. And that is why I, he is my number two, and I have Julio as my number one wide receiver. So, I am all in on Matt Ryan. I think he is definitely, but I also have Aaron Rodgers as my number four. So you could, you could see how close they are, but I think Matt Ryan has a better season. 
So I agree with you, Kyle. Yeah, I think it's close. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I do think with Aaron Jones in that offense now, I do think they're going to try to run the ball more. But the like again, so, but with Devonta defense, Freeman, but yeah. still though, Matt Ryan has no problem with throwing the ball. He's thrown for over four thousand yards basically every single season he's in the NFL, except yeah. for like the first two. So he has no problem with that if they need to give Devonta a rest. Uh, and then the second question from JT is, will Rashad Penny be a top fifteen running back? I, mean, um, I, I think that's a pretty simple answer. I'm going to say the word for me, I really, really like Rashad Penny. And I do think he should be relevant in that offense. They're going to run the ball. They run the ball more than any team in the NFL, not named the Baltimore Ravens, but they did actually have the most rushing yards last they year. They did. Team in the that NFL. is correct. Um, so I love Rashad Penny. He is not a top 15 running back. Agreed. And I will say this, Chris Carson. If they didn't, yeah, have, Chris, if they didn't have Chris Carson, Rashad oh, yeah. Penny could – Without a doubt, be a top 15. They run the ball so freaking much that it's like the opportunities are plentiful. Okay. And I think they're going to keep doing that, especially because the weapons through the passing game are anemic. I get it. I said it again. So (laughs) anemic. So I, I, while I think if Chris Carson goes down, Rashad Penny, I think is a top 15 guy. If he doesn't, then both of them are top 25 guys. Yeah. yeah. I think they both have a role in that offense. They're both going to have over 700 yards rushing. Um, They're, both going to get their opportunities in the passing game, I think. But uh, I just – it's split too evenly that – or little, not evenly, but close enough, 60, 40, you know, 55, 45, that I think that it's just – there's no way either one of them can be a top 15 guy. This question comes from our new friends over at the Ball Blast podcast, uh, our dear friend Ball Blastem, uh, Michelle. She has a love – for Christian Kirk and Dante Pettis. I know that she could have both of them on her team. She probably would. Christian Kirk or Dante Pettis? Who do you, who do you like? Well, okay. So Christian Kirk coming into the league was one of my favorite wide receiver prospects. Both, um, both second-year guys? Both are second-year guys, both with a ton of upside. But the difference is that Dante Pettis is I, – I actually very much like Dante Pettis coming into the season. Me too. But he has a little bit more of a situation that's murky. You don't know if he's the number one wide receiver. You don't know if he's the number two wide receiver. You don't know if he's the number three wide receiver. I absolutely have no idea. Who's the number one? The number one to, I mean. Well, besides George Kittle. (laughs) Well, what I'm saying is like, they have like, look. Well, they got Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is going to make some type of impact. Okay. Marquise Goodwin is still there. Don't, don't you mention I'm sorry. Hey, Trent, Trent Taylor, they said Trent Taylor is going to have lead the team in receptions. They have Which, George Kittle. They yes. have receiving backs in Jarek McKinnon and good, Kevin Coleman. Good for whoever announced that about Trent Taylor. I, I agree with it. <laughs> I think Trent Taylor is going to lead the team in receptions. I don't know about yards or – I don't think yards are touchdowns, but I do think he's going to lead the team in receptions. From a wide receiver standpoint, I still think Kittle has more receptions, but whatever. Um, yeah, so – I think there's just so many mouths to feed and so much uncertainty. I do like Dante Pettis. I think that his role in the offense is there. But if you look at his yards per catch, he's a 17.3 yards per catch. He is a burner. Okay. I know something like very shifty, quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he is a guy who's going to stretch the field and there's nothing wrong with that, but he does have that role. And that's what I think his role is going to keep continuing to be. Um, I do think Trent Taylor is the slot guy. I do think that George Kittle will have his fill and the running backs will get their fill. So while I like Pettis, I think his ceiling is topped out just a little bit. Christian Kirk, on the other hand, we know what his role is. He is the de facto, and I'm going to say this because no one else will, he is the de facto number one on the Arizona Cardinals. Okay? I know people will debate me on that. Larry Fitzgerald is no longer the number one. He is okay. still a very viable option, obviously. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And I know people will debate me on this as well. Christian Kirk is going to be the number one, okay? There's no, there's no you know, quarterback who's had a repertoire with and a rapport with Larry Fitzgerald, to, you know, where they worked together for so long. It's Kyler Murray coming into his first year in the league, okay? He might have Larry Fitzgerald to rely on over the middle as the slot guy, but Christian Kirk is who he's going to build his relationship with for the long haul. And I love Christian Kirk this year. You know, last year, 68 targets through 12 games in his rookie year. Not bad for a rookie wide receiver. Um, I think this year he's going to top out well over 125 targets. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Most definitely. Sure. He'll have to. He's going to ca- I think – Running for his life. I think Kirk is going to catch close to 70 passes. Um, he's going to put over 1,000 over yards. The touchdowns, obviously, are going to be, you know, 
this and that. And I think Pettis has more of that upside with touchdowns because he does stretch the field so much um, with more opportunities blazing past. The so more big play opportunity. Yeah, more big play opportunity. But um, I do love Christian Kirk this year. I absolutely love Christian Kirk because he is the Cardinals number one in my book. And now the whole thing about obviously DJ, they want to get DJ more involved oh, yeah. to where he deserves to be getting 25 to 30 touches a game. Cause he obviously is incredible. Does that, I mean, does that scare you a little bit? No, they're going to, they say they want to run the most plays in a season of all time. I mean, wow. I mean, that's so, bold. way to go. Cliff. It is bold. I mean, but the thing <laughs> is their defense isn't great. So, exactly. exactly. So they're going to have to run those types of plays. And I think it is a bold statement, but if, if it carries true, this could kind of revitalize the NFL. I mean, this, it's either going to be Chip Kelly or it's going to be the new NFL. It's going to be one or the other, nothing in between. And we know I Chip think, Kelly didn't really work out. Yeah. Well. So I, I think I think it's going to be either a Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly failure or it's going to be something great. And I'm leaning more towards this could be a pretty awesome – like It could be very fun to watch. I'm actually yeah. very excited to watch them yeah. on Sundays. And I think DJ's going to get his fill. I think Flowery's going to get his fill. Whoever the third Andy wide receiver, Isabella, you think? Yeah, whoever the third wide receiver is, whether it's Akeem Butler, whether it's Andy Isabella, Chad Williams will be cut. Um, so it'll it'll just depend on that. But yeah, I I love Christian Kirk, so that's who my my pick would be. And they're being drafted around the same time ish. Pettis, Pettis, Pettis is going bit, exactly. Pettis is going like six six or so picks earlier. But. Yep. Continuing, Fantasy Wire HQ, our friends from over there. Thank you. Given the recent injury with Derrick Henry. What are your thoughts on his status? What do you do with Dion? You know, should Henry not play? What's, what's going on with that? I mean, Derrick Henry, walking boot. Now it's not as serious. Obviously, it's not a serious injury, but chances are he's probably not going to play any preseason games. No, I don't. Right? I think he's, I, I, I think wouldn't. I wouldn't play him. Yeah, I think he's out for all the, the whole preseason or most of the preseason. Um, I think that it's, it's a strained calf. So it's not a torn calf. It's not a, you know, a ham, especially a hamstring, because I know hamstrings can get the best of running backs and wide receivers. Um, but based on projections, based on what I'm hearing at a camp, is that he will be ready for week one. And I'm not, I'm not overly cautious about this. I think it's fine. Um, I think that this happens. People get injured, in the, you know, in, in training camp and before the season starts all the time. So I'm not overly worried. Um, I think it's going to side, like they're saying, Schefter, um, ESPN, Adam Schefter reported that he's going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks. And it didn't say a couple of months. It didn't say definitely. So he's I'm still not a young looking. dude. He'll yeah, he's, he's built like, he's he's built like a horse. I mean, he's yeah. He's a school bus running through the yeah. tackles. <laughs> so, yeah, I, he came on really strong last year. I just, I don't love him. So for me to speak on him and say that I'm very confident and very happy is just not going to happen because I, I just don't love him as a running back. I don't love him at all. So I have him ranked in my top 24, which is bold in its own right. But I think Deion Lewis, if we're speaking of Deion Lewis, I know people will disagree with this as well, is that I think Deion Lewis still has a role in the offense. I, ho- I really hope he does, because he's yeah. very talented. He was one Derek of the best Henry, receiving running backs. Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. Okay? No. No. okay, Deion Lewis catches for both of them. Deion Lewis is going to have 50 plus receptions. Um, so I think he still has a role in that offense. And if he does miss, Derrick Henry does miss time, I think Deion Lewis can pick up the slack with 10 to 15 carries, maybe. Almost almost like a Philip Lindsay, but like more catches, though. I'd say less. Of, I mean, you know? I, would say, I mean, Deion Lewis has shown that he can be efficient, but yeah, less efficient for the most part. Because who knows exactly? We may even see like the third and fourth string running backs getting some action. If that's if Henry sits. If that's the case. But yeah, I'm not too worried at this point with Derrick Henry. Um, so you really shouldn't be too much either, um, but just don't draft him. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Right. <laughs> hey, to each his own, you know, and there's probably some people out there that are just probably like, you know, there what? are people who love him. I oh mean, my God. There's so many, so many people that are, it's like they're him. truthers. There are people, Derek Henry is one of those players that we'll talk about at some point. I'm hoping before the season starts is guys, you plant your flag in no matter what. I mean, love, hate relationship, you know, it's no matter what they do, they, you know, if it's bad or good, they do no wrong in your eyes and you still draft. So. He's out for the whole season. I don't care. I'm still yeah. drafting him. They'll draft him. <laughs> I, there are people who feel the way about Derrick Henry. I'm I, still drafting him, even though he's hurt. Yeah. I and, don't, and not playing. I don't get it. Now, this is a question comes from our, uh, our buddy, uh, Riff Raffs, um, by far the best commissioner out there of any league that I've ever seen. The guy's insane. Uh, just wanted to say that, um, uh Hayes Hayes ban I guess that's how you say it Peter he's a member of that league and this is actually a kind of an interesting one because their league is it's it's very unique 
You know, the more in depth you get, obviously it's just, there's a lot of off season transactions and what do I do with my fab budget? But then it ties into your keepers and, and whatnot. I actually do not even know how their league runs, but this question. So would you keep an expensive keeper like OBJ with limited home run hitters in the draft or keep a Tyler Boyd and use the draft budget to get more? So I think that's pretty interesting. That's a good now, question. It's obviously, we don't know how the league is run, but it, I, I honestly think that it all depends on, like he said, with limited home run hitters in the draft. So my assumption can only be that you know who's being kept. Right. So you, right? Exactly. you know who's going to be on the board for the most part. And so if you, like you're looking at the top 10 wide receivers all gone, top 15, you know, then it's like. So then what are you saving then? You're, ex- you're, you're keeping Boyd to then draft another perennial, you know, guy who's going to be a top 10 guy. And, but they all might be gone. So what's the, I don't. Exactly. But, and and then honestly, I I think, and I think made a somewhat of a, not a decent case to not draft Tyler Boyd before, but I mean, the, the, the stats don't lie. So I think I would just suck it up, use a little bit more money and solidify yourself with keeping OBJ so that you know that you're going to have a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think OBJ, while there are plenty of mouths to feed in Cleveland, OBJ is the best of the bunch by a pretty sizable margin, and I think he's going to get his fill. I have him over 100 receptions this year, actually. Wow. Um, I do. I, I have him very close to 100 right now. I have him like 101 receptions and over 10-plus touchdowns, which is going to be his New York Giants stat line. I mean, I don't think it's going to stray too much from it just because this one has more mouths to feed and, you know, better quarterback. And, and why can't it work though? You know what I mean? Why, why can't it work? Like we've seen we other offenses. Exactly. We will know right off the bat yeah. within the first four games of the season, if this mm-hmm. experiment at Cleveland is going to work or not. So I, I hope it does for Cleveland. Yeah, they've, I they've like Boyd. been hurting way too long. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, uh, I like Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd is going to be finishing, you know, especially if AJ Green is out. Top 20. Um, number one guy. And if, even if he's back, I mean, I still think Tyler Boyd finishes within the top 20. Yeah. So that's a very, very interesting okay. question. That's a good question. I have him at like 16, I think, on my rank. I have to look at my rankings. I, sh- I should probably be looking at them right now. But um, I think Tyler Boyd is in my top like 16 or 17. Now, our last question is not necessarily an actual player related question but this is actually really good because it, it gets us talking about different strategies different draft types and whatnot uh it comes from our other member of the riffraff group dire donkey uh what is your stance on auction strategies so do you think it's better to pony up for the studs or kind of play a conservative i don't have you do have you really done any auction drafts god i hate auction drafts um <laughs> so uh <laughs> There's a lot of dedicate. There's a lot of dedication, and I feel like research that goes into draft strategies with auction are very, very important. You need to know. You can't show up to an auction draft and say, "Nah, I'm gonna wing it." I'm gonna wing it. No, you'll be. You screwed. can't. You, you can't do that. You either have to go with the mindset that you're going to draft conservatively, and you're gonna let the guys come. You know, the big guys come off the board and let them spend all their money and be able to get, you know, top twelve guy, two top twelve guys because they want to, or you're willing to spend your, your, your capital at the beginning getting your, your top-tier guy, whether it's running back position, the wide receiver position, whatever. I think both are kind of important in their own ways. Which one would I employ? Um, I, I, I find it necessary that I feel, I feel better and I feel stronger walking away from my drafts knowing that I got a top-five guy. Even two top-five? I mean, you could, yeah. you could get Saquon. I'm not getting crazy. Top- and Kamara in this right. league. That's, but then you're I mean, that's at, the difference though. Yeah. That's a huge, I mean, you have no up, more money. Yeah. So you need to, you need to fill out, say, say it's like a 17 team. I'm let me count six plus two. Yeah. Say it's like a 17 player, you know, league or a team or an 18 player. Um, so like 17 rounds, everybody gets like, let's say like $200 or something. Right. Or whatever it is. So you, on those two players, if you were to take that approach and want the top two stars, it's like a hundred bucks. You'd be giving up close to 50% of your entire budget in the first two rounds. And now you have to, the next 15 plus rounds, you have the next 50% left. I don't like that. Okay. I think you need a star. I think you need to plant your flag in a player and say, you know what? I'm going to bid them out. We, we could do a whole episode on draft strategies when it comes to auction drafts about throwing names into the ring that you don't love early on just to throw them out there. So you don't have to spend the money on them and someone else does. There are plenty of draft strategies to employ here. I still believe that you need to walk away with a star or two 
to make you feel like, all right, I didn't get a bunch of fourth round guys just because I could save some money and I can get six of them. I'd rather walk away. (laughs) I'd rather walk away with, you know, one first round guy, two second round guys and feel a little bit stronger about that knowing I spent more money, but I got the guys I want. Yeah. And I, I'm in a league, actually, it's a very unique league and we haven't done it in quite some time. We usually get together at uh, the guy, the commissioner's house and we did the first six rounds, first six picks or auction. So everybody would get $60 and then we would do a snake draft after that. So it's kind of, you're getting the best of both worlds. It's actually very interesting. And now I definitely tried the strategy of trying to go bold um, of going for your top guys and then literally waiting around because I mean, there's nothing, you know, like you can't, you can't bid at all at that point. So, and then I've also tried the other hand of completely waiting. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, holy crap, all of these guys are gone already. Who, who am I going to get? So it, it really, that's a, that's a very fine line. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's what you value and what you want. Yeah. Do yeah. you want two top five running backs? Okay. Then you know what? Go for it. Cause you can make it happen. You can do it. But then but you, you, the rest yeah. of your guys are going to, you have to pay the price physically. Uh, I mean, it's not, you're, it's not a metaphorical speaking. You have to pay the price. Ex- literally like your wide receiver one could end up being like Tyrell Williams or Mike Will. You know what I mean? Like it, that's, yeah. that's how bad it could get. And a lot of auction drafts, um, that dollar amount you get, I'm not saying all, but a lot of auction drafts, you know, it's your buy-in. So say it's a $200 team, you're getting $200 to spend on those players. You're literally spending $100 to own Alvin Kamara and, and Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? Like it's your money. Do with it what you want. So. Right. Exactly. It's just how comfortable and how, how much do you value like wanting those particular top tier guys. This has been a fantastic episode. We really appreciate everybody, you know, reaching out and sending us your questions. And we had a blast uh, answering every single one of them, you know, for you guys Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the fantasy fam. We are on most platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and the newly iHeartRadio. Very exciting. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off.